Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, everyone. And welcome. I'm back. In the, uh, I guess I can still call this the office, the old office. Yep. Yet again. Still no, no studio, but on its way. Yep. We're working on it. <laughs> this is Whiskey and Wonder. Or I'm Tyler. And I'm Megan. And we whiskey and we wonder. Yep. Every at, week. Yep. Or not every, every other week. week every other point. week we uh, get together, we review whiskey, and I teach uh, Tyler something interesting, hopefully. Yep. And um, we try a new whiskey and it's glorious. Yes. And that is our... Well, I'm not going to lie. That's my favorite part. I like... <laughs> I, I, I enjoy learning, but the whiskey is what I look forward to, so... um. Yeah, we got a good one in, in store for today. I have been to the liquor store and found some very good stuff and spent entirely too much money. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'm going to have to, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to steal what you said earlier and you, use it at some point because that was too good. 100% do okay. that. All right. So um, anyway, well, I'll, I'll get into that later, but uh couple of announcements real quick. Check out the Patreon. Um, we've got some cool stuff going on there. Mainly, you can go vote on our Infinity Bottles, uh, which are our own house blends that you get to vote what goes into them. They're right behind Megan there, beside the uh, Whiskey of the Year bottle, which is the decanter in the middle. Uh, also, I want to give a shout-out. That is a blueprint for the uh, Whiskey Still patent behind them. That was a Christmas gift from uh, good friend Mia. So, thank you, Mia, for that. I don't know if I mentioned that at the time. Thank you, Mia. Um... Yeah, so go check that out on uh, Patreon. I think it's like two bucks a month to be able to vote on that. And then you can see Megan's face when we open the bourbon one and she doesn't like it. Because <laughs> it was gross. She didn't like it. It was not, not <sighs> pleasant. And you guys voted on everything that went in there. So we appreciate those that do vote and that do uh, support us, whether that's through donations or liking, subscribing, telling their friends, telling your friends leaving comments, leaving uh, likes and, and even dislikes help. They, yeah. they show that you're interacting with our podcast. So yep, everything you do helps. So thank you guys so much for doing what you do. Absolutely. And we have reached a milestone of 10,000 listens, which, you know, I would hope we would have got to a little better <laughs> almost three years later, but uh, a little faster, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. So I'm just glad we're there. Mm -hmm. um, we had a rough like 10 months though. Yeah, we did. We did. And neither one of us are good at social media. So <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that puts a, a limit on it. But anyway, we, uh, we appreciate everybody that does support us. Oh, Megan picked up a ruler there. Like she was about to like, wow. I thought it was one of those like slap slap. Oh no, it's a ruler. Thanks. Um, anyway, we're going to move on. Today, we're going to go to the open segment and talk about what's been going on in our lives for a little while. Yep. The open segment. All right. Well, Tyler, how yes. are you? <sighs> I'm stressed. Oh, no. Yeah, just uh, between work and uh Going back to grad school, and uh, Shelby's Shelby's parents are coming into town this week for a week, so we've been prepping for that. Uh, it's just been, it's also summertime, and my yard is 
specifically my side yard and my backyard and about a third of my front yard are just full of Dallas grass, which is my nemesis. I've been trying to really take care of my yard this year for the most part. And the Dallas grass, I can cut it. And then two days later, it's like four inches tall. Um, and it's a pain in the ass. So it means I have to mow the yard more than normal. So Don't you and Shelby have an automatic mower, like in the, a, in the a robot? In the backyard. Can I not do it? Like, it could do the front yard, sure. I could I could have it do that, but I'm not willing to let somebody steal it. Oh, I didn't even think about... Yeah. I didn't even think people about that. People suck. Yep. I didn't even think about the fact people are the worst. You know, I was out driving earlier today, and I saw the... I saw the crazy... I'm not even going to call it the craziest thing. I just saw a thing, and I want to get your input on how you would handle this situation. Okay. So I'm driving... Uh, in the on the interstate, the speed limit is seventy miles per hour. Mm-hmm. I am in the far right lane. Okay. I am I am on cruise control, doing seventy miles an hour. Okay. I'm trying. Uh, I'm experimenting around with my car a little bit to see why I've suddenly started getting worse gas mileage. I think I need to change the spark plugs, but that's another story for another day. Okay. This uh, BMW, I don't know. Call it five, ten year old BMW comes and passes me in the lane immediately to my left, so the second from the right lane. Okay. And I notice there's some smoke coming out from behind this BMW. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, just whatever, another POS BMW. And then I start smelling burnt rubber. Yeah. Mm. And so I start watching. The smoke's coming from the right rear tire, and it is starting to slowly get flatter and flatter and I see it start like so before I I could say I saw it wearing um, I I had a dilemma do I ride behind this guy when he inevitably has a flat tire going 75 plus on the interstate and try to avoid him or do I gun it and zoom past him and get the fuck away from him so, Megan, situation time. What do you do? I get away from him. Yeah. I gun it. I gun it. I get past him. What do you do, listener? Do you like or like? <laughs> yeah, like if you gun it, dislike if you stay behind him. No, uh, shoot us an email. All that contact information stuff is down at the bottom. I didn't go through it this time. Um, just contact a Whiskey Wonder or leave a comment. Let us know what you would do. So, I, like Megan, decided I would gun it and go Yeah, past. gun it and go around him. I think and that's the safest option for I personal. don't know what happened to the guy because he was behind a semi-truck when I passed. And that's about about the time I passed is when I saw the tire start starting to shred itself a little bit. Uh, so, like, I could... It didn't... It wasn't sending off debris, but there was, like, a... You could see it wasn't, it wasn't smooth. It wasn't smooth anymore. It was, it was, it was like chunklets were... Starting to shred, <laughs> so I'm glad I made the the same decision you would make because I, yeah. I I was I was hauling to get past him because um, he was he was speeding up and I had to gain acceleration. So yeah, I would have I would have gotten past him. Okay, well, uh, other than that, nothing really exciting has happened in my life. Uh, played some glow golf on Friday night. Glow golf, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Mm. No, you didn't like it. I played it last year, and it it's held in the middle of the summer, and it is just miserable. So hot. 
it's like the first hole, it's a par three course. And the first hole is immediately just drenched in sweat. Just, it's so humid and there's so much water on the course. And they, these balls, because they glow, are hard as rocks. Um, and I tend to uh, scoop the ball. Mm-hmm. And so I'm basically playing with, you know, pitching wedges or wedges and a putter. Mm-hmm. And so within the first four holes, I had lost my three balls. Jesus. Yeah, I paid $45 to lose three balls and. Oh. Yeah, and three holes. And that's miserable. fortunately, we were able to retrieve a couple that were glowing in the water. Um, and Shelby was nice enough to buy me another ball. And so I just stopped playing all the water holes <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Fair. Like, I, I paid $45 to come do this. I'm going to, I'm going to come out here and do it. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's fun to go hang out with friends, but, uh, that's the second year in a row. I haven't really enjoyed it. So oh, that sucks. I think that might be my last time doing it. That sucks. I feel like that, that could be a lot of fun, but I probably would also skip the water holes or. Oh, the problem is like half of the course is water. Oh, that's You sucks. ever played the part three up in Charlotte? Uh-uh. Oh yeah. It's mostly water. Oh so. no, I don't. I think it could be held at a better golf course then. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. But anyway, that's about the the funnest thing, craziest thing, most not boring thing. Well I've done. I'm enjoying my new job. Good. That that's it. Good. Well, um what's been going on with you, uh, Draco? <laughs> so uh you guys should go check us out on YouTube if you're not on YouTube. Uh, just look up Whiskey and Wonder uh, on there because I did uh, get my hair done. Um, and <laughs> um, so when I'm at work, I tend to pull my hair back in a ponytail. I have the sh- sides of my head shaved and um, my hair on top is longer and I just pull it back in a ponytail. And I realized, like looking at the camera before we started recording today, I look like reject... Draco Malfoy. I am Draco Malfoy from Wish with my hair pulled back. I (laughs) would not have even noticed had Megan not said, I'm Discount Draco. Or, oh my God, I look like Discount Draco. But uh, as soon as she said it, I immediately looked at the video feed and lost my shit because it was completely accurate. (laughs) So, yes, I'm I'm working with Draco Malfoy today. We're... (laughs) We're uh, broadcasting from the Slytherin common room. Facts, facts. Um, so other than discount Draco, Draco uh, I really like my hair. Um, it, I, it's the first time I've been blonde in probably 20 years. I don't think I've been blonde since I was 10 years old. Um, but I, uh, anytime I go to get my hair done, I... I let them do whatever they want to do. So that's like my rule. I go in and I, I don't tell them I want a certain hairstyle or color or anything. I say, you know, you do what you want to do. You have fun. So what and happens if they just say, I'm not feeling it today. I'm just going to give you a simple haircut. Like, that's happened before. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. all right. Whatever you want to do today is what you do today. So, okay. um, this particular hairstyle, Jamie and my stylist apparently conspired together. Um, so I had no idea what was going to happen to me, but Jamie found this 
particular style, I guess, on TikTok, it popped up. Um, and it, it's called like fox, uh, fox hair or foxtail style, which is black and orange um, and blonde. And so I, I really like it. Um, but when my hair is pulled back and you can't see that it's in a ponytail, it does look like first year slicked back hair. <laughs> Malfoy. <laughs> Alt Draco. <laughs> he's he's going through his hair dyeing phase. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Got to uh, keep it interesting in the yeah. Slytherin common room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, anyway, I, I wanted to share that moment with you guys, so <laughs> I'm glad Megan... <laughs> Megan opened my eyes to that when she said it. Um, what else has been going on? Um, man, other than that, like I just, I'm trying to think. I feel like I had things to share on the open segment. In fact, I know I did. Um, and I can't remember what they are. Time is making fools of both of us. <laughs> it's just going by and we're just doing the same old thing. Yeah, uh, I... At least I am. I cannot remember what I was going... Did you have a nice Prime Day? Nope, spent no money. It was... So, yes, I had a great Prime Day. I had a great Prime Day. I didn't spend a dime. I I bought a couple things. Um, Most of it was responsible stuff. Uh, Like, I bought some fire extinguishers and a carbon monoxide detector. Oh, adulty. I I actually bought new... um, mic mounts for Megan and I that are low profile. Uh, and I went to put one on today for, for just to test it out over here at my area. And it was nowhere near tall enough. You would be a little like, if you're on YouTube, down. the microphone would have been like down here. <laughs> and so this is me already squatting down. And so I put the old one back on and I can at least get it where it's comfortable for me to just sit normally. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I really didn't have anything crazy on Prime Day either. So, I mean, it's a good thing you got fire extinguishers and carbon monoxide yeah, detector and you stuff. you know, responsible I, stuff, not yeah. fun stuff. So, I don't know if we have a carbon monoxide detector. That's something that I should probably make sure we have. Yeah. I feel like we need to have one Especially of those. Especially having dogs or cats. Yeah. Yeah, I really the ground and carbon monoxide sinks. So, I really uh, you can get them. They plug into the wall. Yeah, hey, hey, Jamie, if we don't have one of those, uh, let's get one of those because I don't. I think they're like twenty five ish. Yeah, let's twenty five ish. Yeah, Jamie, let's get some carbon monoxide detectors because you can get uh, them at Lowe's or Home Depot or Amazon or wherever you wherever you shop. Get your hardware stuff at. I'm sure. Yeah, let's get some of those. I just realized I don't think we have any. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Tyler. For <laughs> I do what I can. Didn't even think about it. Um, well, if I think of what I was supposed to tell you, I'll let you know. But other than that, like, I feel like just All right. well, been we'll... keeping on, keeping on. and Nothing wrong with that. Well, it'll be a relatively short open segment. We'll just dive right into the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Opening the bottle. Alrighty. So, Megan, do you want to? Yep, I'm. Or I can, I can at least show the camera. Yeah, show them what it looks like. So, we have. Oh man, I should already have that up. 
we have another of the Blue Run whiskeys today. This one is Reflection One, which is a small batch uh, Kentucky straight bourbon. Apparently, the liquor stores around here have started finally being able to get Blue Run in somewhat regularly. Um, so let me see exactly when we did this because we have done Blue Run before. We did it in episode one with the High Rye. I'm sorry, episode 81. What did I say? One. Uh, Blue Run High Rye was done in episode 81 by just me. Um, and I'm trying to figure out where Megan did it because that was a, we did it on separate episodes. Do you happen to... Oh, you did it on... Uh, I did it on... 81. Lord, I don't... Oh, you did it on episode 91 with uh, Jamie. Yep, I know I've done so, it. Okay, so, so we rated uh, the high rise. I gave a 6.5. Megan gave it a 7. And for what it's worth, Jamie gave a 7.5. Um, so I'm not going to give you the spiel on the whole background of the... The distillery because you can find it there. What I am going to do is talk a little bit about this bourbon and the new distillery that they're opening. As soon as Megan can get the top back in the bourbon, I want to make sure I get the proof right for this bottle. Uh, something just went off. Um, all right, so this one is 95 proof and it was about $85. Like I said, it is the Blue Run, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Reflection 1. And it'll say that right about there. The other one says High Rye. And the uh, the butterfly is like that multicolored metal that's usually bismuth. So uh, Reflection 1 is a small batch whiskey and was contract distilled by Blue Run's liquid advisor and bourbon hall of famer, Jim Rutledge. Jim distilled this batch uh, at Castle and Key Distillery, the name Reflection One was chosen by two of Blue Run's founders who placed who faced personal challenges over the past two years in the middle of the pandemic and while they were launching the company because uh, Blue Run's only been around since 2020. Um, so pulled from existing aging stocks, this uh, quote-unquote approachable bourbon at this particular proof is what they both enjoyed during this period and it allowed them to reflect on what truly matters, stating the first and foremost, or starting the first and foremost with family. Um, so, in that, it mentions that they were brewed at Castle and Key Distillery, because recently, Blue Run has just announced their uh, twenty thousand square foot Rick House and thirty five thousand square foot distillery in Georgetown, Kentucky. And it is a freaking eyesore if I have ever seen one. Um, eyesore might not be the right word, work of art to some people, but, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Megan, I'm going to slide this over here okay. so you can see it. Can you see that? Oh, okay. I like it. All right. That's why I, I, like that's it. Why I said it's in the I eye like of the beholder. I like it a lot. So <laughs> it makes me think it's like, keeping to the theme of discount versions of stuff. It looks like a discount version of the Sydney Opera House, in my opinion. Oh, I don't get that at all. Okay. But anyway, uh, so they're a relatively new distillery, and it sounds like they're having to brew a lot of stuff. Other places, I'm sure they're using some IGP stuff. 
Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, that's the the Indiana Grain Producers. They, it's an old Seagram's distillery in Indiana that they produce a lot of liquor and whiskey that companies, especially new companies, will buy. It's hard to have a, uh, I believe Blue Run has a 13 and 14 year old bourbon, and it's pretty hard to do that when you're founded in 2020, you know, unless you were doing some illegal shit on the side. Uh, so they buy that stuff from MGP and blend it and make it, you know, market it until they can make their, their own. own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to touch on this, uh, uh, this, this distillery, as it's called. Uh, <laughs> I just can't. Everybody needs to go take a look at this. Uh, this the distillery is engineered to look like a sleek modern art museum appearing as a flowing double infinity sign from, from above. This overall look is dubbed as Meander, which is meant to replicate the rippling journey of the Royal Spring in its hometown of Georgetown. Uh, so it's a little nod to the fact that the water in the area helps make the whiskey. Um, so I thought that was a little interesting. So Megan's been sniffing on this. Um I'm trying to so, see how much they spent on this thing. I thought I saw that it was like $50 million. Oh, my God. Let me see if I can find that real quick while you're, while you're looking for that. All right. Um, well, I mean, it the smells really, really good. So reflection one, um, I'm getting a lot of berries. So I distinctly have gotten blueberry and strawberry at separate points. Um, as well as some... Um, some sort of pepper, um, like a spicy type of pepper. So, um, a little bit of like a sugary sweetness, but very, to me, I'm getting a lot of berry, very fruity, um, but not citrus. Just So, I, I don't disagree with the fruity, fruity note at all. I don't know that I could necessarily pick out strawberry though yeah to me it smells uh i i consider those to be like blueberries and strawberries to be more of a light fruit kind of like it's kind of like light and airy i guess like i would put those in a smoothie yeah i wouldn't whatever fruit i'm getting in this i wouldn't really put in a smoothie Hmm. that's i don't really know how to pick a specific one it just doesn't smell like something that would go in a smoothie Okay, I disagree. Okay. But we can agree that it it is fruity of some yeah. sort. Yeah, it's definitely fruity. Um I just don't I don't really get like strawberry. Right. I don't know. Uh it's hard for me to pick anything else to be honest with you. My nose is kind of half stopped up right now. Well, I am going to All right, my flavor profile for Blue Run. Reflection one, strawberry, blueberry, marshmallow, black pepper. That is my nose. Marshmallow and black pepper. I can certainly get a little black pepper. I certainly did get that um, as far as the other stuff. I don't know. This one's hard for me to... Maybe I'm just out of practice. Uh, This is one... I will I will admit I I brought home several bourbons over the past week and this is one of the few 
from there. I did not sniff. Oh. Uh, I have been naughty. And I have I have broken into naughty, something. Naughty, naughty. Naughty boy. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna have to stick with like a dark fruit and some pepper spice. That's I'm not getting much sweetness okay. really. No no real vanilla or creaminess or, or marshmallow. Um Okay. But does I, it have what we are supposed to be? It does. I, I do want to take a minute and say this bottle ran me about uh, 85 bucks from the ABC store, so it's probably jacked up just a smidge, but usually they're pretty close to MSRP. Um, so I got a couple different uh, different reviews here. Uh, straight from the website, from the Blue Run website, it says on the nose it should be uh, cherries and creamy butterscotch. Okay, cherry. Um, All right. So, okay, I can see that being okay. the fruit that I was, I, I just couldn't identify. Butterscotch, though. Creamy. Oh, now that they've said it, I can, yeah, I get a little bit. So it, I would have to put it as I get the cherry and the butterscotch comes real quickly and then it's overpowered by pepper. Kind of like a burn your nose hairs when I smell it. Um, looking at another one, let's see. Nose a bit on the hot side, uh, barrel char with roasted peanuts and a smattering of spice box. Uh, this is funny. This this review says uh, there's youth here, <laughs> so he can tell it's a young it's a young bourbon. That's funny. Um, let's take a look at one more out here. See what other folks have said. Uh, Ginger spice, hazelnut, dark cherries, cinnamon, nutmeg, (laughs) nutmeg, and (laughs) rosemary. (laughs) And those of you that get that, you'll get that. And those of you that don't, you'll just be left to wonder. Um, so have you tasted? I, I have not. I've been smelling. The okay. only thing I can agree with any of those is maybe some cherry, but I did not get butterscotch. I'm not, I'm not getting any of the other. I'm, I'm sticking with blueberry, strawberry, marshmallow, black pepper. That is the nose I am sticking to. And I will, I will fight that battle. I, I 100% can get, uh, cherries. Now that they've named it, I can 100% see cherry. And like I said, the spice. Um, <clears throat> Megan's drinking. She's taking a sweet time. She's very blank. Blank with Megan is usually not good. It's very mild. I almost said bland, but mild. Um, there's a lot of burn in the middle, but I. it's hard to distinguish flavor. Though I do get fruit punch. Like there's like a fruit punch aftertaste really yeah like literal like i feel like fruit punch aftertaste i drank fruit punch cocktail i got a hefty burn towards the end um that didn't go away actually and then had right before the burn got a creamy note like a like a uh, i don't want to say a vanilla cream but like a you know Whipped cream. Yeah. Whipped cream. Yeah. 
Cool whip. Okay, Stewie. <laughs> say whip. Whip. Now say cool whip. Cool whip. Okay, Stewie. <laughs> um, the for only being ninety-five proof, it is um more more peppery than I expected it to be. More burn. Um, and it does, the burn does kind of linger. Um, yeah, I, I just got, uh, on the back end, got, got a woody note. Um, definitely can taste, taste the charred barrel in there. It's, it's kind of masked a lot by the pepper, but it is there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Fruit punch though. I'm going to stick with that. Fruit punch. Or like that fruit cocktail that has like the Tahitian treat. Tahitian treat. You never had that like fruit punch type soda thing. My stepdad used to drink it I all the time. No idea what that is. All right. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. So fruit, fruit punch. Fruit punch. What are <clears throat> What are we supposed to be tasting? Well, according to Blue Run, fluffy pancakes and maple syrup on the front end, <laughs> rosemary on the mid palate with an invigorating. Nutmeg finish. <laughs> Nutmeg. No. <laughs> uh, let's let's see. Let's go back to the these reviews I had as well. Let's see what the other folks out there are saying. Uh, peanut. Uh, brighter notes of cherry and a pastry dough. Kind of a cherry pie. Um. Yeah, youth of peanut butter and caramel corn ultimately steal the show, <laughs> lingering for ages on the long, warming finish. Actually, you know, now that I've read that, I do kind of get a lingering taste of peanuts. What? I do. I didn't really think about it until I just swallowed, but it does kind of taste like peanuts. Now, I haven't had a sip in a while, but I can, no. <laughs> I can see where they're getting some peanut there. I cannot. Okay. Um, let's see. A perfect balance on the palate. Notes of hazelnut, ginger spice, maple sweetness, oak, and butterscotch. The fruitiness fades. Finishes long. Lingers with notes of tobacco, baking spices, and fruitiness. Hmm. So, this one's an interesting one for... Uh, it seems like everybody's all over the board here. Usually yeah. you and I are kind of, you know, we can agree on most um, of it. Uh, even these three different, one coming straight from the distillery. Uh, I think we got a couple agreements on like maple. Yeah. Waffles, I think is what it was, what Blue Note said. Mm, uh, a little pancakes. bit of fruitiness. Oh, fluffy yeah. Fluffy pancakes. pancakes. Yes. Not just pancakes. Fluffy. Definitely all over the board. I don't. I don't think any of us know what this is supposed to taste like. <laughs> um, oh man, I put it under my tongue, and the cherry really came out. I can one hundred percent see cherry now. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Oh, sorry, I was taking a drink of water there. Um, while we're on the topic of water. Usually what Megan and I do is uh, get a glass of water before the show and we just from the refrigerator and take a little dippy dip of our fingers towards the end of the episode. But it was recommended to me 
by someone who works at the ABC store to get limestone water and that it will impact a bourbon specifically um, in ways that regular tap water won't because it's the the impurities in tap water and you know shit like that. So we've got some and we're going to try that for a little while. Mm-hmm. And if we like it, then we're going to keep, keep ordering doing it. Yeah, yep. keep doing it. But we but got, I, I don't know, what is that, a liter? Ha- not even a liter. Half a liter? That's uh, not we, two We liters. have two liters. Oh, is that each bottle a liter? Yeah, each bottle's a liter. Okay. Oh, cool. So, and it comes with this cool little pour thing, which I've already squirted all over the floor earlier. <laughs> so You squirted all over the floor, Tyler? Absolutely. <laughs> Every day of my life. <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, while Megan's over there draining her glass, it looked like <laughs> I, just, I just looked over and it's like this. I'm like, holy shit. Anyway. It's time for the wonder segment. I have to break in with breaking news. Breaking news. I just got a dun, 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 dun. I just got a text mm-hmm. at some point. <laughs> So, long-time listeners know that I have two dogs, mm-hmm. uh, Millie and Bo. And Bo is about four years older than Millie, and Millie's the new one to the family. Got her at about two. A um, couple months ago, Shelby texted me and says, Millie just humped Bo. <laughs> <laughs> my girl dog that's four years younger and about half the size of my boy dog just humped him. Yep. He's a fine piece of ass. Oh, Jesus Christ. He always got humped at the dog park. So I started telling him, it's all right, dude, you're just a fine piece of ass. Oh, Bo. <laughs> Bo Hannon. Anyway, back into the wonder segment. All right. Uh, well, Tyler, we have something unique um, today. So, you know, Jamie loves Whiskey and Wonder just as much as we do. Um, and loves being a part of it. And so she asked me uh, if she could do my wonder segment. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Jamie, where have you been? You could have done all of mine. <laughs> um, and so she was super excited. Um, and like... The cherries. The cherries, cherries just like attacking you. wrong <laughs> now. Um, so Jamie really, really wanted to do my wonder segment. And I was like all for it. And so... Um, one of the stipulations was I do not know what our wonder segment is. Oh boy. I don't know it. Tyler this, doesn't know it. I have could a, be, it's going to be one of two things. It's going to be fantastic or it's going to be terrible. Yep. So <laughs> strap in and we're going to go on this journey together. All right. Let me get my seatbelt on. Yep. Click. All right. So we are going to talk about an individual today. A man named Robert Stroud. Did y'all twig it yet? I did not. That that name sounds familiar. Oh, good call. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that name sounds familiar. Uh, It does not sound familiar for me yet. Robert Franklin Stroud, born January 28th of 1890 in Seattle, Washington, to parents Benjamin Franklin Stroud and Elizabeth Jane McCartney. Robert had a few siblings from his mother's previous marriage. Robert's childhood at home with his parents wasn't particularly very pleasant. 
His father, Benjamin, was an alcoholic and an abuser, taking most of his rage out on his children. And at the age of 13, Robert had had enough of the abuse and ran away from home. He drifted from here until he landed in the Alaska Territory when he was 18. It is here where Robert is able to obtain a job working on the railroad. All the live long day. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie. Perfect. Perfection. This job... I was literally, literally in my head going to comment it. Uh, She said it first. (laughs) Um, This job has his... This job has him moving around a lot, and he winds up in a town called Cordova in Alaska. It's here he meets a woman named Kitty O'Brien. Kitty is a working girl, and she does it all. She's a dancer, entertainer, and occasional prostitute. After meeting Kitty, Robert starts working as her pimp of sorts. The exact nature of their relationship is up for some heavy debate. Some claim their relationship was strictly professional, while others say they were romantically involved. Whatever their relationship, Kitty and Robert move in 1908 to Juneau, Alaska, which at this time is a booming gold mine town. With Kitty working in the town of Juneau, Robert as her pimp starts to become familiar with some (coughs) of the people in town. Robert gets a Quaintly, I think she means acutely, familiar with a bartender in town named Charlie Von Dahmer. Now, the scoop on what exactly happened here starts to get confusing. Some stories claim that Charlie refused to pay Kitty for her services, while others say he beat her up. Or it even could have been both. But either way, Kitty was wronged by Charlie in some capacity. Robert, not liking, goes to Charles' home, and he waits for him. And once Charlie comes home, Robert confronts him, draws his thirty-eight caliber pistol, and shoots him in the heart, killing him. Robert then turns himself in to the local police. Hearing of this news, Elizabeth, Robert's mother, hires a lawyer to represent Robert. The lawyer strikes a deal with the courts, and Robert pleads guilty to the lesser manslaughter charge. Unfortunately for Robert, who's hoping to only serve a few years at most, the fresh out-of-the-box judge, E.E. Cushman, decides that Robert is the one he's going to make an example out of and sentences dear Robbie to the max of 12 years in prison on August 23rd of 1909, shipping him off to McNeil Island Federal Penitentiary on the Puget Sound. (laughs) Welp, that was short. Cut and dry, right? Him do a shooty, him get thrown in jail. (laughs) Well, it's not over quite yet. Even though Robert was sentenced to 12 years in prison, once he arrives at McNeil, he would never leave prison. I can't get over him do a shooty. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear her talking to me. Like, I can hear her in my ear as I read this. Like, it, this is in her voice for me. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Robert doesn't actually spend a lot of time at McNeil. While there, he develops a reputation for being dangerous. Reportedly, he beats up a nurse who he assumed to have ratted him out to prison officials for trying to weasel some narcotics. And on another occasion, he's said to have stabbed a fellow inmate for reporting him stealing food. The stabbing infraction added another six months to his sentence and was transferred with a lot of other inmates to a new facility in Kansas, the Leavenworth Penitentiary. Leavenworth. Leavenworth, sorry. The move that Leavenworth, I have heard of that. Yeah, it's like one of the more famous prisons, prisons in, the, yeah. uh, in the 
in the uh, Union and excuse me, Whiskey Burps. It's like just north of Kansas City, I believe. Um, the move to the infamous Leavenworth was stated for reasons of overcrowding. But I find it hard to believe that one just gets relocated to a maximum security prison for funsies. In Leavenworth, Robert decides this is a good time, as any, to continue his education, seeing as he left school at the age of 13. Everything is going great for Robert. He is learning to be a model inmate, and then one day, in 1915, while in Leavenworth, he is diagnosed with Bright's disease, or what is now named nephritis, an autoimmune condition that correlates with chronic inflammation of the kidneys. Robert is bedridden for a while, but recovers, but he is weaker than, he would, than what he was before. This leaves him bitter, and for an unbeknownst reason, on March 26, 1916, he attacks a prison guard with a butcher's knife and stabs him in the chest, killing him. Now, how in the hell <laughs> a prison inmate in Leavenworth, of all prisons, is able to obtain a butcher's knife is beyond me, but hey, it was a different time, so who knows. Valid. There was a new trial for the death of the prison guard, where he was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to death by hanging. The lawyer for this trial that his mother had again paid for filed an immediate appeal and the trial was invalidated due to a technicality, and another trial was scheduled for a year later. In this time, Elizabeth is doing everything she possibly can to help Robert. She's sending letters to anyone and everyone of importance about opposing the death penalty. When the second trial rolled around, Robert's attorney used the insanity plea, claiming that Robbie Boy was mentally incompetent. On May 22, 1917, he is found guilty again, but was sentenced to life in prison. Unhappy with this outcome, the attorney is told to file another appeal and the trial yet again invalidated, and a third trial is scheduled for the next year. When the hearing for the third trial starts, Robert's attorney ghosted him like a bad tender date. That's right, Mr. Lawyer Man just did not show up, and the judge had to assign a new lawyer to Robert Stroud. Oh, Lord. So because nothing with this man seems to go right when it comes to trials, Robert discovered that the new attorney had submitted a plea of second-degree murder without Robert's knowledge or consent. And because of this, the trial is postponed by a few months and begins in June 1918 and is yet again found guilty of first-degree murder, and sentenced to death. Hey, guess what? Another appeal is filed. And this, then the Supreme Court grants a stay of execution while the case is being looked over. In November of 1919, the Supreme Court upholds the decision and makes the decision to disallow any more hearings on the matter of his sentencing. And Robert Stroud's ex execution is scheduled for April 23rd of 1920. However, because Mommy Dearest also loved her baby boy, Elizabeth writes a letter to President Woodrow Wilson asking for clemency for her son. While unfortunately for Mr. President, well, unfortunately, Jamie, what the fuck did you just write? While unfortunately fortunate Mr. President is bedridden at this time, and First Lady Edith is handling most of her husband's affairs. That actually is going to be Wonder Segment at some point. Um, <laughs> Who? Uh, Edith Wilson? Yeah, Woodrow Wilson and Edith Wilson. Okay. I don't know much about them. That's a future episode. 
He was a president. Mm-hmm. Um, Edith receives the letter from Elizabeth and agrees to meet the panicked mother in person. At the meeting, one can only assume that the two women rubbed their emotions together and Edith stopped the execution just eight days before it was set to take place. And yes, his sentence was commuted to life in prison, but he was ordered that the rest of his sentence, he was to remain in solitary confinement. So, like, was it really a win? So, I'd like to circle back, (laughs) if I may. Megan, you, you are a lady. How do you... How do ladies rub two emotions together? How 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 does that work? <laughs> Jamie, please please write to us and let us know. <laughs> I just broke Megan. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Tyler, I don't think I can talk about how Jamie and I rub our emotions together on this podcast. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> pervert (laughs) all right well (laughs) (laughs) I knew that button would come in handy one day (laughs) you didn't know it would come in handy so soon did you I did not oh god I am crying Tyler that was (laughs) yeah oh that was great (laughs) oh lord anyway uh, I'm going to take and put some limestone water in uh, uh, the oh, whiskey shit. I have. Uh, Let me, uh, actually, it's probably about time for some water for me, too. So, uh, oops, that might have been. <laughs> pour some, some water for me, too. <clears throat> All righty. Sorry, that broke me, Tyler. <laughs> I blame Jamie. She's the one that wrote it. I just asked a question on behalf of humankind. So, <laughs> mankind. Jamie. Now, since you're going to listen to this, now you have to email us, contact at whiskeyandwonder.com, and explain how two women rub their emotions together, and we'll read it for mail time. Or we, or you can just comment it on the or YouTube, comment whatever on the YouTube, you want to do. Something. Let us know so we, not me, write it down so we can read it on, on air, because uh, we'd like to know how we rub emotions together. Lord, that must be a lady secret. <laughs> us men don't know about. <laughs> oh God! All right. Okay. <clears throat> While in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> While in the isolation building at Leavenworth, even though he was only allowed restricted contact with people and not allowed to walk around freely, he was allowed by the warden to read and continue his education. And read he did. My man's read all of the books. But one day in June of 1920, on his exercise walk around the yard, he came across a bird's nest that had blown out of a tree. Are y'all confused where this is going yet? I'm not. I cheated. You cheated? I knew I knew that name from somewhere. You cheater! Cheater McCheaterson! No, I was right. Oh no, did the computer just... I don't, I don't know exactly what just happened. Oh, anyway. Well. Okay, we're still recording. Yep, okay. continue. Uh, you cheated with Cheaterson, because I have no idea. Uh, so, are y'all confused on where this is going yet? I sure was. Uh, the nest was destroyed, but still held three baby sparrows. And in Powerpuff Girl narrator fashion, 
the Birdman of Alcatraz was born. Sugar, spice, everything nice. Now, I know damn well the two of you are sitting there calling me out here. He wasn't in Alcatraz. <laughs> Y'all just shut down and hush a minute. Have a sip <laughs> y'all's whiskey and listen. <laughs> Nobody said a word, Jamie. No, Jamie. Um, I was thinking it. <laughs> he scoops up the baby birds and puts them in his pack and carries them back to his cell. Hey, man. You want a baby bird? <laughs> He decides to nurse these birdies back to health and raise them up so that they can stand on mountains. Because he's allowed the privilege of reading Robert, of reading, Robert reads all of the books on bird rearing that he possibly can. The warden sees this new passion of his and makes the decision to allow Robert to keep canaries, along with encouraging Robert in his new bird upkeep adventure. Not too long after this, Robert Stroud soon becomes the canary dealer of Leavenworth, breeding them and selling them all over the prison and to visit and to visitors. So I wasn't wrong. Hey, man, you you, you a want bird? a bird for real? <laughs> for real, you were right, Tyler. <laughs> At his busiest point, Robert <clears throat> had over three hundred canaries in his cell with him. That is a nightmare. They must have been shitting all over. Oh everything. my god, that sounds horrifying. 300 canaries. Do you know what 300 birds looks like? No, but I can Jesus. I can estimate what 300 birds shit looks like. <laughs> In my living area? No, thank you. Mm -mm. In the year 1931, a new law was passed that barred federal prisoners from conducting for-profit for enterprises while they were incarcerated. Trying to keep his head up after losing his business of sorts, Robert then focused his time reading some more and learning how to make his own medicine for the birds. When one died, it was said that he would dissect them with his fingernails to study them further. He starts writing to countless other breeders and bird experts, eventually writing a few papers of his own that ended up getting published. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm -hmm. They, it, it said that he got to make medicine for the birds. For the birds, yep. They gave this man chemicals. And what I've read so far, Jamie has not explained how or why, but yeah, he was able to make medicine for the birds. So maybe, not, it had to have been like an apothecary, like hol holistic. Some He kinda, like found yeah. dandelions outside. Yeah, and like plants this, and shit. Yeah, that it, they had to. it had to have been like that. That's the only this thing. This dude's like killed three people at this point. That's the only thing yeah. I can think of, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um... At this point, the staff and other inmates at Leavenworth are starting to grow tired of the birds. <laughs> I'm sure his cell is plucked, pun intended, out of Megan's nightmares. Yes, it is. One of the breeders that Robert writes to is named Delia May Jones, who is so impressed with his knowledge, she starts to visit him in prison and actually gets a petition signed and sent to the president. And the decision was made that he was allowed to keep his birds and even move into a larger cell. In 1933, in a smuggled manuscript that Robert was somehow able to give to Della May, a book titled Diseases of Canaries is published. And almost 10 years later, Robert publishes a second book that is effectively the same book, just an updated version. <laughs> you know, every textbook ever made. Fun fact, most of Robert's information on canaries is still current husbandry today. The books to the book 
The books do moderately well, and Robert starts getting irritated that he is unable to receive any royalties from them. He complains to his publisher, who in turn complains to the prison, whose response is to try to ship him off to Alcatraz. Robert is able to avoid this at first by learning that he is allowed to stay in Kansas as long as he is married to a resident. So the wedding bells toll because good old Robbie marries Mrs. Delamay. That Learning was, That was the bird lady coming to visit him? Yep. Yeah, what a pair of weirdos. <laughs> bird brains. <laughs> but we have that sound effect. We I should do. have hit the sound effect. There we go. Learning that her son is now married, Elizabeth becomes irate. Absolutely inconsolable with rage. Jesus Christ. Insane lady. Why are, why are women so creepy about their sons? Why are women so creepy about their sons? It's fucking weird. Anyway, she decides to turn her back completely on her son. No offense to any mom of boys out there, but... uh. Hmm. Wait, did you say mom and boys or mama's boys? Mom of boys. Moms oh. of boys. No <laughs> offense to... I thought you said to mama's boys. <laughs> <laughs> Look um, all you little snot-nosed mama's boys out there. <laughs> no, full offense. We're going to offend you. Full offense to mama's boys. Um... No offense to mothers of boys who are not weirdos, but those of you who are weirdos, just stop. He's your son, not your boyfriend. Anyway, um, she decides to turn her back completely on her son and goes as far to testify against him at his first ever parole hearing. So this bitch went from paying all of his lawyers and doing everything for him to like... Rubbing emotions with the first lady? <laughs> Two hours later. <laughs> oh, I knew that would get Megan. <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> she testifies against him at his first ever <laughs> parole hearing, and it was and which was denied. His parole was denied. Not long after this, Robert becomes sick and is eventually on the brink of death, <laughs> probably because of all the bird shit. Anyway, that wasn't written. I added that. Um, and even though he recovers, the prison board makes the decision to transfer him. And on December 15th, 1942, Robert is woken up and transferred to Alcatraz in a 10 minute period. He was not given any time to pack his belongings and all of them were given to one of his brothers. They got him from Kansas to Alcatraz in 10 minutes. I think they like got him like ready shipped, to go like, yeah, out the door. The reason for the sudden transfer was listed as, uh, Birds. cited... Cited as serious breach of prison rules. Speculation accused him of making moonshine and shivs, but nothing was ever confirmed. I mean, they were allowed to, like, make medicine. Moonshine is not your problem. Anyway. At Alcatraz, Robert is allowed visitors, correspondence, and access to the library. One thing he was not allowed was to keep <coughs> birds. That's right. The infamous... Bird Man of Alcatraz was never allowed to keep birds during his time there. Aren't Mandela effects fun? The fuck? I was trying to think of what that was called the other day. Mandela effects. And that's sad because we actually did We have that. a whole episode of that. I know. I just couldn't remember what it was called. Wow. He didn't keep birds in Alcatraz. Okay. He's still a bird brain. He <laughs> the bird brain of Alcatraz. 
<laughs> yeah. He kept reading and writing and published two more papers while in Alcatraz. He was kept in isolation for the first six years and in the hospital block for the last 11. He attempted suicide, but failed. In 1959, he was transferred to a medical facility for federal inmates in Springfield, Missouri, where he was free to walk about as he pleased, and he even watched TV for the first time in his life. It is said that he spoke more at this facility in the final years of his life than he had ever spoken before. And the Birdman of Alcatraz died at the facility on November 21st, 1963. And even though at the time he is the most, fam he is the most famous criminals in history, there was hardly any public mentions of him after his death as he died the day before the JFK assassination. Oof. And that, Tyler and Megan, is the Birdman of Alcatraz. Alcatraz. So I knew the name sounded familiar and I cheated and looked him up and I had started a podcast and by started, I mean, maybe made it like five minutes in on him and then said, nah, <laughs> turned it off. So I'm glad I turned that podcast off so I could learn most of this stuff. Um, Very cool. If you were watching YouTube, uh, you guys saw me perk up halfway through. Mm -hmm. I don't think you've tried it with the water. I have not yet. I've been too busy talking. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. While Megan does that, we're going to move on. Trivia with Tyler. I don't know if you guys saw the face Megan just made, but it was very regal. Hmm. Hmm. Quite. Yes, quite shallow, quite pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Megan, we're going to do something different here today. Yeah. <clears throat> for trivia with Tyler. I'm going to have you pick a random number between one, two, or three. Go. Three. All right. Three it is. Three for Dale. Raise hell, <sighs> praise Dale. Is that how it goes? Raise, raise hell, praise raise, Dale. No, raise Dale, praise hell. Uh, <laughs> After U.S. President James Garfield was shot, his doctors were so negligent and gave him such a bad infection that his assassin openly confessed at trial to the shooting, but he argued that Garfield's doctors had actually done the killing. He did not get off, I don't believe. Oh, well. So. He tried it. He did try, though. So. Interesting. Now, we have no mail. So, whiskey. Final thoughts. Now, Tyler, what I want to know is Blue Run just better with water? Or is it that limestone water that made a difference? I want to know that as well, and I'm going to find out. You're going to find out? I'm going to find out. How are you You're, going to find out? I'm going to drink this, mm -hmm. what's left, and then I'm going to pour some more. And then do some And then drink it with water. the regular tap water. Okay. Yep. I'm curious. No, I have to drive, so I can't do that. So I want... You can I will... have just a smidge. Okay. Yeah, just, yeah, I'll do just, that. Just, you know, just a little drop or two. Okay. I'll do that. Let's, let's do it. Hmm. 
So what did you think about it with the limestone water while I fix this up? Well, I, I really enjoyed it with the water. Um, and I was enjoying it without the water, but dang. Um, the water really brought out, it took away the peppery uh, burn and it it brought out um, the fruity flavors. And um, I am thoroughly uh, impressed with what the limestone water did. I'm going to try to get some water here, um, just regular water now, to try this. Again, what did you think with the limestone water, Tyler? <coughs> I was very impressed. It took pretty much all of the, uh, uh, I think you said for you it took all the burn away, and it did the same for me mm-hmm. as well. Sorry, I was kind of in and out, trying to focus on pour- not pouring you too much. Um, it just... Now, I will say, when we just took that, I probably had two normal sips um, when we just left in my glass, and I you know, I got a little burn off that, but it really brought the uh, flavor, the, the fruitiness out for me uh, with the limestone water. I see Megan shaking her head, so I'm assuming w- the limestone water is the key. Uh, hold on. I'm going to watch. I want to watch you drink this. I want to see if this is just in my head or not. Um, watching Tyler. He's nodding his head. Thinking about it. Thinking about it. I'm stupid. <laughs> I forgot to <laughs> you add water. You didn't put water in it, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you you put me like on the spot there. I wasn't quite ready to go, so I was oh, like, shit. oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get a little bit more and... So I'm going to go Third ahead. Third time's a charm. Yep. I'm going to go ahead since you're fixing that. And it may be it's psychosomatic, but I still have a, a lot of burn. Um, I have a ton of burn still with regular tap water. A few drops of regular just water from now, your fridge. I'm, I'm putting some extra uh, water in there because with the limestone. It's a little poor. It's a little poor nozzle here. Uh, and it's awful hard to just get it drop by drop by drop. So you get kind of like a little splash. Uh, so here we go. This time I actually added water. So, uh, But I still do have a decent little burn going from the last one. Yeah. See if you rinse it out. Try again. Um, hmm. Hmm. I'm going to be very interested, very intrigued by this limestone water experiment. Sorry for the silence, guys. I'm just watching Tyler drink. I want to know what he thinks. It <clears throat> interesting. So you said it didn't take away the burn for you as much. Not so with the limestone water. I had no burn. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I have burn still with regular water. Um. Was it less or or? So, less than straight. Neat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, I would agree with that. It was neat, had a fair amount of peppery burn. Um, Tap water reduced that and brought out the oakiness. And the limestone water, instead, it took the burn completely away and brought out the... The sweetness. For me, it was the fruitiness. Fruitiness, yeah. Fruitiness was the right word. (laughs) That's incredible. 
100% I agree with everything Tyler just said. The limestone water took away the burn 100% and brought out the fruit. Limestone water. Got it on Amazon. It was like 14 bucks for two liters. So kind of steep for water, but... It might. It might be. I've been told it works really well with bourbons and... Um, it might. So far, it's one for one. Yeah. Damn. I'm going to have... I'm I'm look, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I I told you Shelby's parents are coming into town uh next week and I am quite sure there's gonna be some whiskey drinking. I I'm pretty sure her dad's gotta take it easy. Uh and so not as much is probably gonna happen as if, if her brother came into town. But uh I'm sure there will be some. I'm probably gonna dip my toe into something I probably shouldn't because it's the newest thing in the cabinet and we haven't done it on here and I want to know how it tastes, but I'm interested. I'm sure I'm going to be trying a lot of things with limestone water. Hopefully I don't go through an entire liter in a week because it was kind of expensive. Well, it's number time. It is. Uh, But real quick, I'm reading the back of the limestone bottle. Um, so it talks about how after running the hounds, a uh, houndsman or huntsman or whatever, like always offers limestone water. Jamie, you for a very long time was a member of the hound running club. Um, <sighs> would, and I know the, the horse riders and like uh, the houndsmen were, I know you guys were like on different levels and like the dog people thought they were superior to the horse people or whatever. But do you recall whiskey and limestone water or whiskey period at the end of a hunt? This Yeah, that's interesting. This is giving the uh the expression uh bourbon and branch. Uh so they would they would dip uh pitchers into the limestone stream that branched off the aquifer. So mm-hmm. they would have a bourbon and branch water. Yeah, and it says on the other side there, it talks literally about how when running the hounds. Um, this one is actually pretty cool. It says, uh, just a splash and you'll taste the difference. Wire bourbon's made in Kentucky. Kentucky's limestone aquifer produces a pure velvety smooth water with hints of calcium and magnesium that is ideal for making bourbon, and it's found nowhere else. Ordinary tap water contains iron, which turns a bourbon mash black. Not old limestone. Old limestone brings out the taste of your favorite brand, never alters it. 100% limestone filtered water. Great for ice cubes, too. Purified through reverse osmosis. This is old limestone mixing water, the official component of Kentucky bourbon. Limestone filtered. Not a sponsor. Go get some. Yeah, one for one. Hmm. And for a penny and for a pound? Is that what it is? I think so. I was thinking it might have been a pinch. But, yeah, I I would 100% try that. And not not like would I get to go back through the entire cabinet that's behind Megan and try them all with that. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'd so be very curious to try these. Maybe we have a special episode where we do... Just limestone water and some old yeah, bourbons. Yeah. That'll uh, be an episode Jamie will have to come on, so I don't... <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, I don't get as many Mondays off anymore. So, It'll be a Friday. New job. 
Could be a Friday. Mm-hmm. Me and Jamie are both off Fridays. Yeah, well, we'll figure that out. We'll uh, Maybe that'll be an episode we do one day soon. I'd like that. I'd like that a lot. So, all right, number time. Oh, man. Um, I... Number time. I am going eight. 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 I liked it. It was good. Reasons. Fruit punch. Mm, mm. Delicious. I did not taste <laughs> fruit punch, guys. I did. Um, what did you have to eat before you came here? Uh, I've had a cronut at four o'clock. The fuck's a cronut? A cronut is a croissant donut from Perkentile and Creamery at, uh, up at Concord Mills. Little hole in the wall coffee shop. Best coffee shop in town. It what is, is a croissant donut? It is a super flaky. It's like this tall, and it is a like croissant like layered thing that has been like fried and is delicious. Why would anybody want to mess with a donut? It's perfect <laughs> the way it is. You've never had a cronut. You I've I've had a donut though. You don't understand that. Next time. I've had a croissant and I've had a donut and the donut wins. Jamie, next time you bring me Perkentile <laughs> and Creamery on a Sunday at work, I need you to get two cronuts so I can bring one to Tyler. I Shout out to Perkentile and Creamery. All right. Well, so Megan's going an 8. Let me let me have the last little bit real quick so I can fully accurately accurate yes accurately. accurately we want to be as accurate as possible for you it was good and i like i liked it it's a butterfly i think that's pretty i think he said this is biz bismu bismuth bismuth no the other one the um oh the the other one we the did one the one that's like the rainbowy color yeah. this one is just a silver isn't it's it it's just yeah silver or gold it's pretty well <clears throat> It's not bad, um, neat, and it's not bad with with um, tap water. But truth be told, it would be like five and a half, six, if I was just going based off that. Mm. Mm. Um, but the limestone water really brought it up, and I'm gonna have to give it an eight as well. I don't know if I can go back. Like, I really... Uh, I, <laughs> I read I read a comment on Reddit one time. I don't really know how or why. For anybody that n- has never been on Reddit, the comment section can devolve away from the original topic very fast. Megan can attest to this. Hell yeah, it can. Somehow it had evolved to... Um, or it had devolved into um, men being lagging a finger up the butt while they were doing <laughs> doing it. Anyway, <laughs> this one guy basically said, I pretty much classify my life as like before I discovered that and after I discovered that. It was probably a joke comment, but that's about how I feel with this limestone water. Like, <laughs> I'm going to classify my, my whiskey drinking life as before limestone water and after limestone water. It was that freaking good. Damn. <laughs> so, I'm going to give it an eight All as right. well. Eight and eight. Nice. Oh, 
Well, <laughs> what? Just we're, This has been a hell of an episode. It has been a it? hell of an episode. What did you think about Jamie doing a wonder segment? I thought it was really fun. She, she, uh, <laughs> I could hear her, uh, as well. And, uh, <laughs> she, she got me, uh, and helped me to get you more than anything. <laughs> um, but he did a shootsy. That one got me. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't, I don't even know what the sound's going to be for this one. I got to go back. And There's a lot something. of good ones. There's uh, a lot of good ones. Anyway. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, 100%. Jamie, yeah, do it. Feel free to do it again if you want. Hell yeah. All right, Jamie. Awesome. Um, I really enjoyed it too. So uh, that was super cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you for sticking around. We hope you enjoyed the Bergman of Alcatraz and Tyler's revolutionary discovery about um, his life. <laughs> <laughs> Limestone water. Go get some. Uh, that being said, guys, we will see you in two weeks. Thank you so much for everything you do. Please take a moment to like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, do all the wonderful things that help us stay relevant, help us climb the charts. You are the reason why we are still around. Um, Thank you one more time. And that being said, don't drink and drive. Cheers. Pervert.